Maine, a place where you can find breathtaking scenery from sandy beaches, ice cap mountains, and pristine lakes. A place you can enjoy a delicious lobster while sipping on one of Maine's finest craft brews and saving room for a blueberry pie. But the one thing many people may not know about Maine is the artistry and craftsmanship that comes with the culture of this beautiful state. From the Industrial Revolution to now, Maine has continued to build its economy through makers, and there are hundreds of them. Maine has makers that can handcraft a high-quality piece of wood furniture where the joinery fits like a glove. So a skirt made with plant-based fabric with a New England Maine machine that was invented in 1881. Make a mean mustard through a cold grind process made in the same mill since 1900, and much more. Join me for a journey through the lives of makers from across Maine to hear how they get down with their craft. I'm Christian Vermeulen, and this is Makers of Maine. Do you ever wonder how medical staff handles products, vaccines, that are in a really cold environment? I'm talking negative 196 degrees Celsius. That is cold. And you need protection. Uh, Protection from dry ice, low temp freezers, exposure to cryogenic liquids, and much more. A maker located in Trenton, Maine, crafts the highest quality cryogenic personal protection gear, and they've been doing this since 1980. TempShield can be found all over the world, especially right now with medical staff handling the COVID-19 vaccines. Not only do they assist medical staff, but they also help protect those in the rocket fuel, particle physics, and food prep industries, and much more even beyond that. I got to speak to Jim Waldenberg, who purchased TempShield from its original owners and has grown the business tremendously but has also kept the business Maine-made. They've even expanded to a sister company called My Mainers, which makes gloves for outdoor recreational use. I love these gloves. Thank you so much uh, to Jim and their team and just sending me a pair. It is a lovely crafted piece um, just because I have taken it out skiing, snowboarding, um, even the dog sledding trip that I was on. It was great just to really protect my hands in really cold temperatures and it fits so snug and so well. Um, I even um, can carry uh, my son crew who weighs 32 pounds um, with these gloves. So I would say they're great for outdoor recreational use and I can't wait to wear them again um, for future winters here in the great state of Maine. So now let's get to it. Let's talk craft with Jim Waldenberg with TempShield. Hi everyone. So I have Jim from TempShield on the Makers of Maine podcast today. Thank you so much, Jim, for being on the podcast today. Oh, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. So the first question I usually kick off with is what is your craft and what inspired you to start it? Well, thank you for that question. We at TempShield make a very specific product, and it's called a cryo glove. And we invented this product uh, 40 years ago. And it's used to protect people who handle liquid nitrogen, which is a liquid at negative 320 degrees Fahrenheit, from burns when it, it gets on their skin. So it's a waterproof, highly insulated product, and it helps people really all over the world uh, handle Uh, liquid nitrogen. Wow. And so who are these types of individuals that handle liquid nitrogen? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of entities out there and and who you distribute your products to tell me a little bit more about your, your customers. 
Absolutely. So we sell to distributors all over the world and their customers are in two categories. One is in laboratories. So liquid nitrogen is used to preserve biological specimens uh, and uh, things that need to be preserved like in fertility clinics uh, or in research cell lines that need to be uh, preserved. So they're used at National Institutes of Health and the FDA and pharmaceutical uh, companies, as well as university labs all over the world. And, wow. and the second part of the business, absolutely, is in the industrial world. In liquid nitrogen is used in many different applications in, in industry. Uh, first, uh, one that's really in the news today is the production of dry ice. And, uh, but it's also used in a number of different flash freezing applications in the food industry, as well as in any industrial environment that, that uses industrial gases in the production of their products. So there was, a, there was just an explosion last week uh, where six people were killed in a factory related to liquid nitrogen use in the preservation of food. So it's a highly combustible, it's not highly combustible, but it's a highly dangerous uh, gas. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like it. And to create a product that's gonna um, save your hands in the, in the midst of handling that, um, it's great that you guys are doing that. And now do you guys offer one specific pair of gloves or do you offer different varieties, like a whole collection? We offer a whole collection. Uh, there are different applications. Some of them need to be water resistant. Some need to be waterproof. Uh, so we make a couple different lines. There's also people who use the gloves that need to be able to gri grip very fine uh, objects like tubes that hold, for instance, human embryos. And they're small and they're covered in frost. So there's a lot of, they can slip on your hands easily and fall on the ground, which would be a disaster in a research lab. So we make uh, some with different grips as well. And then a few years ago, we started developing lines of products for other gases like liquid natural gas and um, liquid oxygen. Wow, all over the place. <laughs> it's yeah. You guys touch on so much. So let's take a step back. So what, how did this start in Maine? Like, how did this idea come to life just to have gloves that are so, uh, you know, focused on these specific chemicals and harmful things? Uh, I would love to hear your, the background on that. It's a, it's a great question. It was, the company was actually started 40 years ago by a husband and wife duo, the Sweeney's, Laura and Ted, on their kitchen table. They lived in Massachusetts at the time. And they were responding to a need uh, in the marketplace. So there were people that were getting injured handling liquid nitrogen. And they, they had first discovered that there was a use for liquid nitrogen, you know, around 40 years ago in laboratories. And it started to explode. The use of not, not liquid nitrogen, but the use of it started to grow. So there was a need for people to be protected because as the use grew, people started getting injuries. So they developed their very first uh, cryogenic protective glove. And from mm -hmm. there, they developed as well aprons and gaiters because liquid, ni liquid nitrogen is a liquid and it can splash on your clothes. And if it gets on your clothes, it will absorb into your clothes. And then, of course, right onto your skin. So you want to and the same thing with your shoes. If it, if it spills, it'll go in the top of your shoe 
And, you know, the longer it's exposed to your skin, the more injury, more damage it can do. Wow. I had so, really no idea about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting little niche. Yeah. And, uh, and they grew the company to the point where they needed to, to um, uh, expand their factory. And they looked around. They were in Massachusetts. They looked around. They decided to come up north to Maine. Wow. So now, it, we're, in, now we're in Trenton. Trenton, Maine. Wow. I've never been to Trenton. Yeah, it's a nice town. Yeah. So I've heard. And so how many folks are working out of your shop? Uh, and are some of your employees original to um, the original owners? Or, um, or have you, I guess, hired on people that are just a part of your when you took over the business, because I'm assuming you, you took it over. <laughs> yes, yes. I bought the business at the beginning of 2018, so about three years ago. Okay. And there's nobody left from 40 years ago. But <laughs> uh, Laura is nearby and she's, uh, you know, stays in contact with our with our folks. Great. And um, but most of the people that work there have decades of experience and it's a craft. It really is a craft. And uh, that was one of the things that struck me when I walked into that factory, which was the first time I stepped foot in the state of Maine in December 2017, and uh, which is a heck of an introductory uh, time to come to Maine in December. <laughs> yes, it uh, is. But, <laughs> but um, when I walked into that factory, I knew it was a special place. It was a special place because they're making the world's best product in its category. And the way that they make it is so meticulous and uh, detail oriented, because if they don't make, if we don't make product perfect, someone could get hurt. Right. And that ethos was established by Laura and Ted Sweeney and pursued by and continued on at the company. And it is deeply ingrained in the people that work there. So I knew this was a special place. I knew it was a special company with products that are, uh, you know, how often can you be involved with a company that make the best product in the world? Right. And, and I pointed that out to the people that work there. I said, you guys may not realize this, but you make the best product in the world mm -hmm. in its category. It's not a huge category, but you make the number one product. And, you know, I don't know if they really realized it at the time that they are really, they really are the, the best products in the world. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure they realize that now with uh, how you guys are rolling out these gloves to these frontline workers um, and helping with the vaccine rollout. I can only imagine, you know, how that's going, but we'll touch on that in a second. I want to ask, uh, how did you find TempShield? How did you find this business? I, I mean, I know you don't live in Maine, right? Yes. No, I live outside Chicago and I've been in the laboratory supply field for 30 years. Oh, wow. So I manufacture lab equipment and lab supplies. And um, I was looking for, you know, another company to buy to that would do in the same that would that participates in the same industry. And, uh, and TempShield came on our radar, because I knew of their reputation. Um, I didn't really know much about the business itself. But I knew the reputation was top, top shelf in the industry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, fortunately we were able to come to terms with the owner of the business and, uh, and the way we've gone. Wow. That's great. And it seems like you've grown to love, uh, 
that community and that town and your staff there and just executing such great products. And I can only imagine the design process that comes, you know, with these gloves. Can you tell us sort of a elementary, uh, have an elementary conversation with my guests as to, you know, what that design process looks like? Absolutely. Well, the product, the cryogenic gloves are uh, highly regulated uh, in certain jurisdictions like the Europe, Europe. In the EU, they're extremely regulated. So we have to, um, once we establish a design, it has to be made that way and that way only uh, down to the threads that we use and the number of stitches and the, the components uh, or it won't meet its certifications. And the certifications involve physical testing as well as um, you know, the component lists and the description of how we make the product. We're also an ISO 9001 uh, rated factory. Wow. So we work in a highly regulated area in safety products. And so uh, the design of the product has to meet these very stringent needs on, uh, on abrasion resistance, on cold resistance, on liquid resistance. And uh, all that is very, very regulated and tightly controlled. Yeah, I'm sure I can only imagine. I, uh, I studied um, business process improvement um, in school and uh, I'm very familiar with sort of the guidelines and the standards and operations behind all of that. And I'm sure that was, must have been time consuming way in the beginning uh, when the Sweeney's were trying to put that all together. And uh, I'm sure you're trying to improve on that daily too. I'm sure those standards change. Now let's get back to, you know, the frontline workers and distributing the vaccines. So did you have to make a specific glove for that? Or did you already have that in place when you were rolling those out to the distribution centers to get to frontline workers? We already had that in place. It was our core product that has been requested. And the reason it's been requested is because the Pfizer vaccine needs to be stored and transported at negative 94 degrees C. And that's very cold. Right. And so to do that, you have to either use dry ice or ultra cold freezers or a combination of the two. An ultra cold freezer is something that goes down you know, further than negative 94. But uh, that uh, the product that comes, things that come out of those freezers are very, very cold, obviously, and they can also burn your skin and stick right. to your skin. So it's really important to have proper personal protective apparel on when you're handling something that comes out of an ultra cold freezer. And obviously dry ice will burn your skin as well. Right. So some of the people that were involved that are involved in the Pfizer vaccine uh, distribution are using dry ice and some are using freezers and some are using both. So we've had orders from people who wanted the waterproof version and some people who wanted just the water resistant version. And uh, it kind of depends on where they are in the distribution chain as well as the factory. So at right. the Pfizer factory where they're producing the vaccine, they're also using our gloves. Wow. Now, how would you know that the glove is yours? So do you have a specific tag with your logo on it? Or um, when folks, so when folks go and get their vaccines, can I, I just want to make sure they keep an eye out for it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, they're unlikely to see it when they get their vaccine because the nurse that will be, or the, the medical technician that will be handling the vaccine 
has it already in a syringe. Uh, right. So it's already come, it has to be defrosted before it can get into a, a syringe. Uh, but the way that we recognize them, we see them on the news all the time, which is really, really, you know, quite satisfying for people involved in making the product. Oh, I'm sure. It's a particular, it's a particular blue and the label has a black uh, writing with a little red stripe on it. And so it's very easy for us making the product to tell it's ours. <laughs> right. Well, and, I'm sure. <laughs> right. When we came out with these products, obviously we were the first, we invented it. And then everyone else that's come out with a cryogenic glove has made theirs blue also um, uh, because they're trying to make them look like ours. Right, right. And, you know, some are lighter blue, some are darker blue, uh, but none of them are the actual made in Maine Temp Shield blue. Right. <laughs> There should be a big sticker on there saying made in Maine, <laughs> just yeah, to clarify it's, it. <laughs> it's inside the glove, but oh, this yeah. is so regulated that we can't change the label to add made oh, in I'm Maine. Oh, I'm sure. Or else we have to go through the certification process again. Wow. And I'm sure, th how long did that take? It takes a long time. It takes a long time. It has to be done, redone every five years. Wow. And it can take months and months and months. And it's very costly as well. But, you know, that's the price of being in this in this field. Right. And you have to be extremely detail oriented. I mean, the product is inspected by hand. Each bolt, each square inch of fabric that goes on the outside of our glove is inspected by hand twice in our manufacturing process. Wow. So that we avoid all defects. And, that you know, sense. that's the kind of attention to detail we're talking about. Wow. And how long does it take to make a single pair of gloves? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> How long does it take? Well, uh, I can't really answer th that because they're made, we have to make the inside of the glove and then we make the outside of the glove and then we marry the inside of the glove with the outside of the glove and then we finish the glove. So there's really actually three processes, if you will. And the product has to be, the fabric has to be cut so it has to be cut and then they sew the inside and then they, the outside has to be cut and then they sew the outside and then they marry them together and finish the glove. So it's a, it's a quite detailed process. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm assuming that, do you guys test each glove? Well, it sounds like you do quality control over the gloves and everything, but um, do you go about like testing, you know, processes in your facility too? Absolutely. Absolutely. We were actually WL Gore's third customer when he started his business. Oh, wow. So we've been using Gore-Tex technology in our gloves for years. And um, as such, they, they, there's a specific machine that tests the waterproof uh, quality of your product when you're using Gore inserts and oh, Gore wow. technology. Um, but each glove is hand inspected by, as a final process after it's made. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. I would love to see this in person because it's just like yes. phenomenal. I, I can only imagine. And so can you answer how many gloves do you usually ship out, you know, especially right now? Um, I don't know if you do it on a daily basis or, you know, weekly, but I would just love to learn more about like how much you guys are producing right now, especially with the, um, the big need of, of this in terms of the vaccination rollout. I can't get into the, the specific numbers, but I'll, I'll just say that we have 
Um, you know, customers all over the world. We ship all over the world into 70, 80 countries uh, every year. And, um, and our demand um, is up magnitudes of what it was, you know, a year ago. So we're working seven days a week to, to produce the gloves that, for the customers. And that is our number one focus. We're not, we're not even actually focused on the profit margin on the gloves at this point. We just need to get them made and out to the customers. We're, no, we're, we're doing fine, but we're not uh, profit maximizers at this moment in time because we're just focused on producing enough to meet demand. Right. And it's really important that this step doesn't slow down the vaccine distribution. Right. I'm sure that that sounds like it's a definite uh, must have step, you know, in order for that to keep happening. I can only imagine. So, you know, how else have your gloves been used? Give me some examples of, you know, other folks and, you know, in other industries, not so much in medical. Um, I know I read on your website that there's some military, you know, uh, organizations that use them. So tell me a little bit more about that. Absolutely. We started making a glove specific for the use of liquid oxygen. So liquid oxygen is a highly combustible liquid and it can explode. And it, but it's used in a lot of different places. It's used in hospitals. It's used on the decks of aircraft carriers. And so our product, which is designed for liquid oxygen, is used by the U.S. military in the safe refilling of jet fighters with liquid oxygen, yeah. among other places. And our glove for liquid natural gas, which is actually a new product, is on trucks right now in Switzerland and Germany uh, that deliver liquid natural gas to from uh, depots to filling stations. There's a lot of trucks and buses in Germany and Switzerland in particular that are using liquid natural gas instead of gasoline. Hmm. And there's, so there's filling stations for liquid natural gas uh, powered vehicles and the filling stage, the filling trucks for those stations are using our gloves. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And so made in Maine and they end up all over the world. <laughs> right. I know that's, that's <laughs> crazy. I never, never knew that the, you guys had existed until the recent news, the vaccination rollout uh, of just how people are using your gloves. It's just, it's interesting how your new, your business can come to life through relevant news elements, you know, you know, in terms of right now with COVID. And uh, I wish that I knew you guys um, back then, like 40 years ago. (laughs) But uh, uh, here's here's an interesting story. The we have some pretty sizable customers in China. China is the place principally that has companies that copy, try to copy our product. Right. And they make they don't make regulated. They don't make uh, products that are certified or will meet the regulation requirements, but they try to sell them as cryogenic apparel. Mm. Uh, but the people that really want to be protected from liquid nitrogen are buying temp shield gloves in China. Wow. So that's kind of interesting. That yeah. is so yeah. interesting. Well, hey, yeah, it's truly all over the world. <laughs> right, right. That's right. great. Now, yeah. how many people, and I, I don't think I asked you this, but how many people um, work in your production facility? We have about 25 people today, and uh, we, won, we run one shift. Um, so uh, it's, it's a hardworking group. 
It really sure. is. Yeah. I can only imagine. Very talented. Yeah. Yes. As I was introduced to them last uh, three years ago. Um, I got, as soon as the, as soon as the transaction closed, when I bought the business, I got on an airplane and flew out to Maine. So I wanted to be there the day that people found out uh, that ownership change and introduced right. myself uh, because then it could be a scary thing. And oh, especially because nice. I'm from out of town and that kind of thing. So I showed up there and we had a, a meeting uh, where I explained why I was there and what the thinking was behind this uh, um, acquisition. And um, they were peppering me with questions all kinds of questions about, you know, what my plans were, what was going to happen, you know, why are you doing this? You know, who are you? You know, all this stuff. And I felt like I was on the spot. Finally, somebody in the back room stands up and says, okay, look, I'm from California. I've lived in Maine for 15 years, but I'm from California. I'm going to translate what's going on in this room right now. These people are all from Maine. Maine, towns all over Maine have been decimated by outsiders coming in, buying businesses, and then shipping the jobs elsewhere, whether it's to Asia or Central America or someplace else. And so these towns that had a paper mill or a shoe factory or a, a textile factory or a shirt factory that employed a thousand people, all those people got put out of work and the town started going downhill. Right. And that's what's happened all over the state. And so that's why you're getting these questions. And that's what people are really concerned about. Well, today we employ more people than we did when I bought the business and the business is growing at a rapid rate and we're making all kinds of investments. I was telling you about one uh, where we decided to go into a new market. Yeah, please and, share. Uh, please share. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, when, we, when we bought the business, we looked at the, what we do really well. We make highly insulated waterproof hand protection to extremely tight uh, tolerances. So what other markets could we do that for? And so we developed a brand and we came out with two products, a mitt and a glove for the high-end consumer market. So people that go snowmobiling, people that go ice fishing, cross-country skiers, downhill skiers, anybody who spends a lot of time outdoors in the winter mm. in Maine and elsewhere. I figured that they would want to have a highly insulated waterproof hand protection. So we came out with them and we named them in honor of our, our location and the people that make them. We, we named them Mainers. <laughs> so uh, we launched Mainers last November on, and we started selling them. And we sold you know a few hundred pairs already. Uh, and then we had to stop selling them because we needed to turn our focus to the cryogenic gloves so that we could meet the demand necessary to the to distribute the vaccine right so mainers is going to it has officially launched and we'll have 500 or so pairs out there in people's hands but it's really not going to launch till next winter yes and i can't wait to interview you then to talk more about that because i'm very excited <laughs> for that product rollout and to get to, a chance to check them out myself because i've heard awesome things about it i just went dog sledding um this past week and I was like, man, wow. I really want to, you know, check out these Mainer gloves because I think they would have helped me. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm cold, sure. Cold temps, even though I was fine, you know, I, I did well with the ones that I had. But, you know, it's always nice to test out ones that are um, very innovative and 
practices. And since you're a part of temp shield too, I mean, you guys are very renowned and known for those types of products. So it totally makes sense for you to go down that, that route. And, um, so the one, you know, last question that I have is really, and I know you've touched on this a little bit, um, is really, you know, why Maine, why keep this business here in Maine and has Maine helped your brand at all? Well, first of all, I don't think there's any better state to make things in than Maine, particularly something that's, that requires a high level of craft because um, there's such a rich tradition of manufacturing in Maine, uh, whether it be shoes or clothes or textiles or paper, wooden products. A lot of things have been made in Maine over the years, and there's a lot of people in Maine who know how to make things. And it's also a place where there's a lot of people who care deeply about making top quality products. And they wanna be associated with a top quality company. And my experience with Mainers is that they are a hardy bunch who works really hard and works really smart. And you know, I couldn't be more happy to be a part of the story. Uh, of this main company and it's not going anywhere. And the only thing we're going to do is, is grow it. Uh, so it, I'm super excited about it. Great. Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate your time uh, and just learning more about temp shield and folks stay tuned for next winter when we talk about Mainers, cause I can't wait to learn more about those gloves and the processes behind it and just seeing how that product rollout is going to happen. Cause I bet you a lot of you are going to be on board with that and wanting a pair of their gloves. Thank you so much again, Jim. Thanks, Kristen. Take care. Thank you for tuning into makers of Maine and thank you to Jim for being on this episode. I will link temp shields website and social media handles in the notes section of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Facebook. I did want to announce that I will be launching a pitching competition where makers have the chance to pitch me for a chance to be on the Makers Main podcast. Uh, so stay tuned for this announcement by following me on social media and joining my email list, which you can find on my website. I will be having the woman behind Press for Success, Sabina Hitchin, join me for a fun Instagram live to talk all things pitching to best prep you for the competition. So stay tuned. And now for our featured musician is Natal, who you may have heard on earlier episodes. And this is her track, Baby It's All Right. Thank you all again and stay safe and healthy. I'm sitting here by myself. Looking at the sky All them children running by All I see is blue Got my feet in the sand My head in the clouds And I don't want to know right now Got one too
passenger he sent on the darker side of life. You give your hand to me and cut a jewels along the way. From my pocket they will stay until the end's inside. Same time. 